Hello and welcome to the Lapide CISO Talks podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges and best practices in cybersecurity with leading experts and practitioners. I'm your host, and today I'm delighted to have with me Kevin Coppins, CEO and President of Spirion. Kevin leads a team of passionate data privacy professionals and uh, who work with clients uh, in the daily battle to protect what matters. Uh, their sensitive data. Kevin, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thrilled to be on. Fantastic. Um, so let, let's get right into it. Um, I wanted to start off by asking that, you know, given your wealth of experience and your tech veteran status, um, what is it about Spirion and Spirion's mission uh, that motivated you to join the team? You know, I'm going to stick with tech veteran status versus old guy that's been working for a long time. I think it sounds much more professional. <laughs> so tech veteran status. Yeah, I, I t- it took, took a while to craft that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to roll with that. So uh, I've been with Spirion now just uh, a little, a touch over four years. Um, and uh, when asked to join the company, uh, it was originally to head up the sales organization. And I already had a job doing that. And they said, well, would you be interested maybe in leading the whole company? And I said, well, who would want to be the CEO of, of a company? That sounds, sounds absolutely horrifying. Um, and then I met the founders. So Todd and David, um, Todd Feynman, uh, David Goldman, founded Spirion back in 2006, 2007, depending which one of them you talk to. And, and they really started it for the core reason, which you opened the, the conversation with, of protecting what matters. And they uh, worked for PwC. They were ethical hackers. Uh, their job was to break in. They found that was pretty easy. And then their concern was once they got in, uh, all your data was laying around inside the organization, mixed in with lunch menus and staff reports and everything else. And they said, wait a minute, there's, there's got to be a better way to do this because it is not okay to treat the digital versions of ourselves um, any with any less respect than we teach the physical ones. So I share that because their passion, if you were to talk to either of them, just kind of comes out of their eyes like laser beams. And the opportunity to carry that torch for them to help them scale what is an absolutely brilliant idea into something that can absolutely help prevent a breach uh, was was a pretty cool opportunity. So it was their passion and their drive and the purpose of the company is uh, is why I'm sitting here, much bigger than just tech. Yeah, Kevin, you you mentioned something that uh, that, that really kind of, happens in our organization, which is uh, our founder and CEO, Aiden, also can talk until he's blue in the face about you know, protecting what matters and the importance of this, uh, well, kind of our mutual approach to data security, which are data-centric uh, auditing and protection. Um, and I like what what you say about protecting the, the digital uh, self and the digital identity. Um, not to mention people leaving folders and files, name, password around in in unstructured data stores. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know what, what what are your thoughts on all that? Well, I think it, uh, one of the things we talk about are, are connecting real world harms back to theoretical risks. So it's it's fun to get on a podcast and wax philosophic about um, cyber intrusion and what's going on, the pieces, but you got to take it back down to what can, what bad things can possibly happen if somebody gets a hold of the digital version of you. And I think we've gotten numb to it. Um, I have a stack I keep in my office, I have a stack of those letters that you get saying, Oh, dear Kevin, so sorry, but your identity was lost in this breach. And so here's a year's of credit monitoring, um, carry on. 
It's like, what, what? <laughs> that doesn't help me at all. And now that I've got 15 of them, it doesn't help. But understand. And then a lot of people just say, yeah, you get those things. And, you know, maybe something happens on my credit card and I'll just call the bank and it will go away. But it's when you start seeing things like um, the voter rolls, actually here in Hillsborough County, I, I live in Tampa, Florida, the voter rolls were compromised. And now they're seeing people take the voter rolls and actually make driver's licenses with that information because all that information is there. And to go ahead and print things up that look pretty convincing. And now they're going to the DMV. They're getting vehicles registered. So I might wake up in a year and have three trucks and four boats and a whole bunch of, and how do you unwind that stuff? You can't. And then if you look at healthcare data, which I think is, that's, that's the one that freaks me out the most is when somebody goes ahead and takes your healthcare data and becomes you in the healthcare system, because that's impossible to unravel. And one of the stories I share with my team at the sales kickoff every single year is a woman who lost her driver's license. So it could have happened through the same um, voter roll thing that we just talked about. Somebody went in and impersonated her while checking into a hospital. And that somebody had a baby at the hospital. And that baby was born addicted to meth. The woman that had the baby abandoned the baby at the hospital and left. So what happens is the Department of Children and Families goes knocking on the real woman's door and said, hey, um, we, we're here to take your children away because you're an unfit mother because you abandoned your baby in the hospital. And she said, I didn't have a baby. They said, yes, you did. Your children are going with us. That's when this whole thing hits home. Not until then when it's some sort of hypothetical, something bad might happen someday. And I don't think people connect those dots and protect their own sensitive data with the passion that maybe Aiden and I do, because we see it all the time. So that's the stuff to me that really gets me fired up. Not just there was a breach, there was a breach and you lost my data. That's now going to impact me and my kids the rest of my life. I just posted something on, you got me all fired up. I just posted something on LinkedIn yesterday. There's a, have you ever heard of the software package Duolingo? Well, I, I actually liked that uh, post of yours um, this morning. There you go. Uh, I, I noticed it, and you know, I'm, I'm a user of Duolingo, and, and you mentioned uh, they've got all my daughter's details now. But thinking about it that way, you know, what what's so sensitive in uh, Duolingo data that you know, uh, someone could actually? Why so is it valuable to selling on the you know, black market? I use I'll use Duolingo and I'll also use another one here that happened in the States with a uh, fast food company called Five Guys and Fries because they're, they're similar. So we'll take my daughter. Um, we shall not give out my daughter's age. Let's just say she's significantly less than 18. And she used Duolingo to work on her Spanish. Fantastic. But now um, she also has an email address. With that breach, they can tell exactly where you left off, um, what classes you've taken, how far you've gone inside the program. So now with the concept of spear phishing, which is highly targeted phishing, basically have a lot of information, they can now reach out to her and say, hey, congratulations on finishing level three. That's so fantastic. Click here to get your diploma and qualify for a free whatever. She's going to click on it because she they know, they know exactly where she was. Of course, it has to come from them because they know where they are in the program. And boom, she's now down some sort of other cyber rat hole. So having that type of information really allows for some very, very targeted phishing that's going to make most people go, well, of course, this is legit. And the five guys and fries one was they had a server that collected all of the employee applications. So if you wanted to go work at five guys and fries, they had one server that aggregated all those online applications completely unprotected. Somebody found it. What kind of information is in a job application? Oh, my God. <laughs> so now think about how targeted that can possibly be. Thank you so much for applying to go ahead and work here. 
please go ahead and click here and fill out all the rest of the information for your I-9 form so we can go ahead and start your tax rolls going. I mean, there's just, that's the piece with the Duolingo thing is how targeted they can now be in trying to convince my daughter to do additional things that are going to cause her additional harm.